This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Whether you're first time, long time, or all the time, call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook. Better odds and favorable prices. Good morning, campers. Alan Jerry. Don't worry, it's only an hour long, and most days it doesn't suck. Oh, good morning, and hi there. My name is Al Dukes. I'm the co-host of the warm-up program. I I normally do this with a fellow named Jerry Recco. He is filling in for Geo. So CeeLo joins me on the warm-up program, as he has all week. Welcome, CeeLo. I was going to say, I mean, this is the fourth day in a row we're doing this now. Well, you never know when people tune in. That's fair. uh, You know, radio is one of those drop-in, drop-out, drop-back-in, drop-back-out sort of situations. Yes. You don't don't like to mess up people's routines, Uh, upset the apple cart. I understand that. They're like, where is Jerry Recco? Did he quit? No. Was he fired? Is he sick? No. Is he got COVID? (laughs) Does he have the monkeypox? No, he does not. Well, if he did, in fairness, he'd probably be doing the show from home then. Correct. In which case he, you know, could have joined that's you. That's true. But that's the that's way it true. goes. Unless he was really, listen, sometimes you get the COVID or the monkeypox and knocks you out for a Down couple for days. Down for the count, yeah. Down for the count, and uh, you can't even do it from home. That's how ill you are. Right. You need you know the rest. Yeah, yeah a, I know what you're saying. Yeah. You need fluids, rest, orange juice, vitamin yeah. C. Getting up in the middle of the night, not conducive when you're not feeling well. Correct. Yeah. It is not. I got to tell you, though, CeeLo, I was fired up for Mets-Yankees Part 2 last night. Mm -hmm. I got what I thought I was going to get. Did you? I did. What was that? A low-scoring Max Scherzer domination. The Max Scherzer part, yes. You expected low-scoring. You expected the Yankees to pitch well and hold the Mets to uh, a small amount of runs? Domingo Herman. Well, as many people uh, here told me I predicted was I predicted a 2 nothing Mets win. Which it was, it was right on track until Gleyber Torres hit the home run. He did. He ruined it. Yeah. Uh, I was surprised this game ended up as close as it was from a, Yankees, from a Yankee perspective. Is that right? Yes. I did not expect that the Yankees would be able to scratch anything off of Scherzer, which they didn't. Right. But I also did not expect them to hold the Mets to two runs until the ninth inning. It was, as uh, Peter Schwartz just said in the update, high drama. It was so awesome when it was Judge versus Scherzer with two men aboard two different times. Yeah. Steerig three both times. So Not the best night for so Judge. Great. Not going to pick on him because he's had a great season. But yeah. this was definitely a night to forget as far as his at-bats against Max Scherzer went. I think in that situation, uh, if you know, obviously, if you're a Met fan, you wanted to see that. If you're a Yankee fan, you wanted the home run. But I think if you, I would were, have taken a base hit. I think if you are a baseball fan, just checking in on this, 
you wanted either a strikeout there or a home run. Right. And nothing in between. The, uh, what do they call that? Um, you didn't want to pop up. Something result. There's a phrase that they use they now. They wanted a, something I forget, result. I forget, yes. what, I forget what it is. Yes. So that was just awesome. And you then, heard the, the buzz every time he came up in those spots. Yeah. You know, all of a sudden there was, there was a... a feeling that you could hear through the TV broadcast from the crowd there at City Field. Correct. Uh, what was it? First and second with two out in the third inning was the first strikeout to mm-hmm. end the inning. And then it happened again in the seventh inning, first and third. And after that seventh inning one, when Scherzer went back to the dugout, man, he was he was slap high five and people. Yeah. He was fired up. That was like Boomer knock, knocking us around here yeah. in the studio, giving high fives, checking people into walls. Yes. You heard the pop of the high five coming through yeah. the television. Yeah. I mean, I you've I love this Max Scherzer. Yeah. I he's call old him school. the anti Jacob DeGrom. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> he's yeah. fired up. He's their, into uh, it. Yeah. Their mentalities, at least what oh. you see outwardly from them, very different. Yes. 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 Very different. Hey, that's what works for him. It it works for me, too, as a viewer. I understand. And as a Met fan. Mm -hmm. Man, that was tremendous. 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 Uh, You got a a Pete Alonzo home run. I mean, it couldn't have gone better. The walk-off, which you haven't mentioned yet. The walk-off. The Escobar double to lead off the ninth. Yes. Yes. The walk-off. Some more curious managing late in the game by Aaron Boone. Which uh, which ones were you thinking of here? Um, Well, I mean... I had no issue with them using Clay Holmes in the eighth inning, considering where they were in the lineup, the old high leverage spot lane, that the high leverage lane. But late in that inning, with Jeff McNeil up, Matt Blake, the pitching coach, went out to the mound. They ended up pitching to McNeil. They got him out. But then what happened was Escobar led off the ninth, and Boone brings in Wandy Peralta, who's a lefty. Escobar, much better this season as a right-handed batter, switch hitter. So he hits lefties much better than he does righties from the left-hand side. So not facing Escobar in the eighth and or not having Holmes start the ninth, played right into Escobar's hands and the Mets' hands, and sure enough, bang, leadoff double, winning runs in scoring position, and then eventually Marte comes up and, and ends the game. Right. So from that standpoint, you know, it's like I feel like Buck and the Mets seem to be one step ahead. Now, let me say uh, let me say this, because I know there were some folks that were slinging arrows at Boone on Twitter last night, and then you had the other side of the Yankee crowd saying, well, if Judge got one hit with runners in scoring position, or if the Yankees got any hits with runners, you know, the offense didn't do its job. That's all. That's true. I'm not pinning the loss solely on Aaron Boone's shoulders, but this, by this, the same people that say, well, he can't go up and control what the hitters and the pitchers do on the field, agreed. What he can control are his decisions from a managerial standpoint. And you get late in the game, close game, tie game. And I'm not going to say there was anything like extremely glaring here, but those little intricacies of the game and the managing of the game and the bullpen usage, the lineup usage. And I thought in this case, it played into the Mets hands and you give them credit for capitalizing on that situation because they got runner in scoring position in the last inning and Starling Marte came through. The Yankees, just as they did in game one, had runners on base in a number of innings and an opportunity to cash in, and they didn't. And there's the difference in the game. Right. Just in those two judge situations we spoke about, had uh, two men on both times, two of those times. Right. And the night before, they had runners on in almost every inning against Taiwan Walker after the first inning when they hit the back-to-back homers, and they didn't come through. It was an issue in Baltimore over the weekend as well. Not in Sunday's game, but in Saturday's game. I think they were 114 with runners in scoring position. And I'd have to check on their numbers in this series, but it was dreadful in that, that category again. 
But watch, they'll go get fat on the Royals now for the next four days. Yes, they will. So Especially they, now that the Royals don't have uh, Andrew Benintendi on their team anymore. Yeah, the Yankees got him, what was that, in the middle of the night or just the It was like, I would night. say legitimately it was about a half hour after the game right ended. The so game, it was it like, oh, across. Yankees pulled the trigger as soon as they lost that game to the Mets. I don't know if that was just a coincidence. So it, oh, it was, oh, it was a George Steinbrenner move. They lost to the Mets. Get me Benintendi! And it just works out that they're coming to New York, so he doesn't have to yeah, take a side weird. flight. They uh, they had a day game against the Angels yesterday at home. Now, I, I'm I'm very curious to know, and I don't know that we'll get this answer. Like, do the Royals go to him yesterday and say, "Hey, listen, as you're packing your ba- as you're packing for the flight, just be aware you might be not coming home with us." You know, just be aware you don't need to bring your Royals uniform. Right, well, that the team would handle oh, handle, the team that. Would handle like, that part. They were they were they were taking a road trip either way. Right, they're coming to New York to play the Yankees, so he's packing a bag regardless. But do they give him the heads up? Hey, just be prepared. You know, you might not be coming back to Kansas right, you City might after need this. More luggage now. At some point, like when you get traded, you're allowed, I think, a certain amount of days to you know settle your personal affairs or whatever, or go back to your apartment, what 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 have you, house, whatever you've got, and pack your stuff up. But because of the timing of this, there's no doubt he was on the flight to New York, so. I'm curious to see, does he just come in and play tonight? Is he, in, is he in the starting lineup, or does he go back to Kansas City to gather his stuff and his belongings and then return? I say you got to put him in the lineup Well, tonight. I think the Yankees would like to. I'm just curious. Like, I think from a, like a players' union standpoint, like they have that option. Yeah, no, I, I think he'd want to be in the yeah, lineup tonight. Especially Let's since go. he was taking the road trip anyway. It's yes. like he should have enough to get through a couple of days, right, he's got and his, then he could figure out the rest. He's got his toothbrush and toothpaste, yeah. a nice pair of jeans, and a nice shirt if right. he's going out. So tonight when he comes to the ballpark, or later today, instead of going into the visiting clubhouse... Goes over to the the home clubhouse, meets all his new teammates. They give him the pinstripes, see what number he selects. He was wearing 16 with the Royals, not available with the Yankees, of course. Does he have a beard? Um, that's a good question. Thank I you. feel like he has in the I I I'm not up on off. his current he, facial hair situation. I hope he brought his razors. Maybe he'll join uh, Matt Carpenter and go with the mustache. Mustache, yeah. Mustache. So that's not working out great for Carpenter post All Star no. break here. He had He's, a rough series against the Mets. He did. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And uh, your boy Aaron Judge, 0 for 5 Yeah, last night. Three strikes. I think they said um, there was only one other pitcher, an individual pitcher this year, that struck him out three times in the same game. Is that and that right? was Frankie Montas with the A's. So Scherzer got him three times. So yeah, we haven't seen a lot of those from him this year, but Max definitely exposed him with off speed. Got him on the changeup, got him on the slider down and away, especially in that last at bat in the seventh. That was an ugly... Ugly swing at a breaking ugly. ball out of the zone, and David Cohn was Boomer. I know Boomer was at the game. There was a lot of talking from David Cohn last night. I, yeah, I agree. And he was just like, you know, he showed him the slider that had a good amount of plate. The next one had less. Now this third one's probably going to be out of the strike zone. And sure enough, it was. Oh. Now he did lay off one in the seventh there with two strikes, but later in the at bat, Max got him on that slider down and down in the dirt, low and away. 
is there more pressure on the pitcher or the hitter in that situation? Um, Both times. So let's say. I mean, in the seventh, I would yeah, say seventh. on the hitter, considering yeah. the Yankees had nothing on the board at that point. And Judge already had two strikeouts. Right. Exactly. Third time. Third time up. Scherzer. I don't think Scherzer really feels a lot of pressure. Yeah, I don't either. Or, th- or thrives on it. He has no feelings. He thrives. Some guys thrive on it. And he spoke about that a little bit after the game, just about the atmosphere and the environment of both fan bases being there and being loud and how that pumps you up. So some guys, you know, respond well to it. Other people quiver in fear. He's obviously the former, not the latter. And the Braves lost again, yeah? They lost to the Phillies. Phillies took two out of three from Atlanta, yeah. Nice. So the Mets uh, off tonight go to Miami uh, tomorrow. Yes. I think think they traveled last night, honestly, because I saw the guys showing up to the ballpark with their suitcases and whatnot. Party plane. Get down there. Two-game sweep of the Yanks, party plane it down to Miami. Lindor hopped on SportsCenter after the game, and he mentioned his wife and, uh, I think, daughter were meeting them in Miami, and they were going to enjoy a nice day off down there in South Beach. Earlier in the year when they were out on the West Coast, they had uh, he and I think think it was Nito and someone else, they went to Disneyland on the off day. So I we'll recall. See, see what they do in uh, in Miami. In Miami, today. yeah. Got to celebrate. Yeah, beat the Yankees two games. Sure. Shut them right down. Scherzer Shut with the down. win on his birthday. Yes. Wandy Peralta takes the loss on his birthday. Ah, uh, see, sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. That's Wandy right. Peralta, sit down. Yeah. Now Max Scherzer uh, used Pitchcom yesterday. Yes. For the first time, Tomas Nito urged him to use it because they had. The cross-up last Friday where Nito got drilled in the wrist. Right. So, Max, please, I'm begging you. <laughs> use this use the thing. pitch comp. So they were using the pitch comp, <laughs> but they were also using signals. So I don't know what they were doing. I don't know, but I know where you're headed, and that was they asked Scherzer about it after yeah. the game, and he's not a fan. He said it should be illegal. Yeah. He likes the stealing signs aspect. He likes to come having to come up with complex signs. Yeah. He likes the idea that when someone's on second, they can try to figure out your signs, thinks yes. it's part of the game. Old school. That being said, he said, I'll probably use it again. He did because it's one of those things where, you know, once it's allowed in the rest of the league, he, cause he, he first said, I admit it works. I can understand where it's a benefit, but he liked the opportunity to have an advantage, not even from a sign ceiling standpoint, from a, from a pitcher standpoint of using such a complex series of signs that they couldn't steal from you. So knowing, right. hey, other guys, they're picking up, they're, they're, they, they're up on what's going on. That ain't happening to me, so that gives me a further advantage as yeah. a pitcher. So I, I, I appreciated that answer. It's very honest, obviously, did and you, I get it. Did you see when he and Nito were talking uh, in between one of the innings and the, the guys on ESPN were like, oh, he's shouting at Nito. He wasn't. He's just... An intense He's dude, an animated, just, intense guy. Yeah. I'm sure just talking about the signals, he was screaming at the right. guy and throwing things. Well, everything for him looks like screaming, like you just said. And he came in after the seven. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, there you could hear this. I don't know if the screaming was from him or the yell, the high fiving was loud, but his back was kind of to the camera. But you heard in the dugout some like audible yelling. I don't know if that was somebody else, but he was obviously going right down the line and right high fiving guys with oh, the yeah. glove, with the hand. He was pumped. Yeah, that was awesome. That was such a great atmosphere, and I'm hoping for the same thing when they play the Braves. We should get that, right? Like a um, playoff-type atmosphere? It'll be good. I don't know. Well, because You don't they, think it'll be as intense as I think it, I think it depends on where the standings are at when that series... I know it's coming, it's what, not this weekend, it's next weekend, and it's a five-gamer. 
Because oh, they have damn. the doubleheader on Saturday. Oh, damn. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Yankees-Red Sox at its peak was very intense. But in the last few years, I feel like not as much. I mean, people get into it. The crowds are big, but not – I mean, this – because the Yankees and the Mets don't play as much, I think there's – and because both teams are good this year, first place, tighten the standings, you know, Mets with the Braves, and Yankees with the Astros for best record in the AL, there was a lot on the line. So I think from that standpoint, that's why maybe it was a little bit more intense. Not to say that Mets-Braves won't be exciting. I mean, I'm sure there'll be big crowds to be into it. I don't know if it'll be quite what we saw the last couple of days. Now, if they meet in September, late in September, with the division on the line, absolutely. But they've still got a ways to go. Yeah, I was hoping that watching those these past two games, it was like you do wish Stanton was able to play and Cole he usually was able kills to the Mets pitch. Too, yeah, Stanton. it would have been just yeah. a little more interesting. Well, maybe to have we the get best. that in the Bronx at uh, the end of August. And no pressure now on the Mets. Twenty second when they go to the Bronx. Even if they lose two, they split the the series for the season. Yeah, there's no pressure, no pressure. from a Subway Series standpoint. But again, where what a you know if the if the Met Brave situation doesn't really separate itself a whole lot, then that pressure, quote-unquote, is always there. Right now, they've got a nice little cushion all of a sudden. I think it's four on the law side. But that just as that went from, what, a one game on the law side, I think, the last within the last few days, I mean, it can change quickly. I heard pre- pressure is a privilege. It is. So I heard someone say And the Mets here. certainly seem to embrace that the last yes. couple of days. And oh, it starts yes. with the manager. Bring it on. I had 86 vibes last night oh, watching this game. <laughs> Good. You got your uh, your eighty six shirt on there. I sure do. My mm-hmm. seven. I got all my seven line shirts out there. How many this seven week? line shirt Met shirts you own? Oh, uh, the ones that I still own. What do you mean still well, own? Well, like, because seven line's been around a long time. I have had a lot of uh, shirts over the years, but I currently. How have, long have they been around? I think when we started uh, in two thousand, they started somewhere really? right around there. Yeah, but he didn't have the rights to the Mets stuff, so he would just put out. So you've since retired some of the shirts, some or they, they got, they got what, worn holes out, or yeah. threw them out, or uh, yeah, or I got fatter at a time and I got rid of them, and now I'm <laughs> slimmed up again. See what I do with those shirts that get a little ratty? Yeah, I keep them and I use them. I I go to you know around the house or to bed. Are you guy wears a shirt to bed or no? Yeah, so, so that's a perfect. But how many thing. of those shirts do you need? I is you know, I like the minimalist approach where it's like you know it's time to. Like Marie Kondo says as well, you thank your shirt for providing you with uh, comfort <laughs> and protection, and then you let it go. Uh-huh. It's okay to let it go. It's good to a decluttered home. Silo is a decluttered mind. Got it. Of course, I'm as usual. My daily, my mind goes right to Seinfeld. What were the what did he name the shirts? Uh the Jerry the T. It was I think it was an earlier episode. Yes, it was. I forget the name of the first one, but oh, Golden Boy. Golden yes, Boy, and then yeah. Golden Boy. He had yeah, died essentially, and the Golden Boy's the son, I think, or brother, Baby Blue. Baby Blue. He was yeah. naming his T-shirt. Yeah, because sometimes you gotta let them go, like yeah. children. Let's take a quick break here. Uh, Boomer and uh, Jerry Recco will be here at six o'clock. When we come back, I we have some more on uh, Mets Yankees. I've got a couple of Jets notes, and I have a couple of NFL notes. I got a little tease for right? when we get to the first update segment. I'm oh, not going to play got? it here, but uh, Sal called into Keith McPherson's show, and they had uh, quite the back and forth from oh, a really? Met-Yankee standpoint. Yep. So we had a little Met-Yankee rivalry playing out on Ooh, the like fan airwaves uh, in the wee hours of this morning. Let me ask you this. Was it playful, or was it... Uh, I think it, it started get, uh... playful, but there were definitely some 
some jabs exchanged wow. on both sides. Ooh. So I've not had a chance to listen to all of it yet, but I've heard a few of the clips, and um, it's it's interesting. That's a nice radio tease. Yeah. All right. Uh, back in just, uh, I think this break is only 30 seconds long. So <laughs> be back very shortly.